And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy Miller. One, I'm Brad Keston. And my name is Jenny Wilson. This is Stacey Heather Tolkien. Hi, my name is Angela Lee Sloan, also known as the voice of Lucy. Voice of Charlie Brown. The voice of Sally Brown. Peppermint Patty. The voice of Linus on Peanuts. Derek Mackey with Cool Water Productions LLC and Sam Mason are bringing you the first virtual live autograph signing event ever. This is your chance to add our autographs to your collection. We have pictures, Funko Pops, Super 7 figures, private one-on-one video chats, and a group panel. You can find all the information on any of our social media pages just by searching at Peanuts Reunion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can actually also order tickets to our October 10th two-part event on inhouse-con.com. The first part of the event will be the one-on-one video chats and Peanuts panel hosted by Derek Mackey from 12 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. Then you can go over to our Facebook page and watch us sign your items live hosted by Sam Mason. We also have a uh, mail-in service where you can send in your items and have them signed by us. Or you can buy one or more of our items that we have for pre-sale. Starting now! The pre-sale items are limited in number, so get yours today. Brad Keston, voice of Charlie Brown. Sally Brown. This is Linus. So, join us October 10th. We can't wait to see you there, and thanks so much. I'd like to thank you for being a Peanuts fan. Thanking you for being a Peanuts fan. I'd really like to thank you for being a Peanuts fan. This is Peppermint Patty, and I would like to thank you for being a Peanuts fan. See you on October 10th. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is a very special episode. 100. 100. The world of myth bits. Welcome to the world of myth bits again. It is the one hundredth episode. One hundredth. We've only been here for a couple weeks, uh, but basically, since we stepped on board, we had an idea to make sure that episode was episode one hundred was a good one. Uh, so to preface, this is not the review episode yet. Uh, we will be tackling that next week, so don't worry. Uh, that being said, this episode, I can tell you, guaranteed, is a delight. Um, before we get much further, though, let's jump into housekeeping. So first and foremost, we have the open contract challenge. The final submissions are due Wednesday the 30th. So for our finalists, come on, get those in uh, so we can determine a winner. Next, uh, the newsletter. So the World of Myth actually published a newsletter. And if you're signed up for the mailing list, you probably already received it. If you haven't and you want to, if you just go on to www.theworldofmyth.com, you can join the mailing list and you can actually get the newsletter. Um, So that's actually it. That all being wrapped up with a nice little bow on it. Uh, like I said, we had a, a nice little plan for this week. And we wanted to make sure 
that it was good. And, you know, we're recording this after the fact. Uh, but I can tell you straight up, it was a blast. And honestly, I I don't think we, we could have preconceived episode 100 being as good as it actually turned out. So um, without further ado, I guess we can kind of jump into what we did. For our 100th episode, we have a very special interview with one of the original podcasters or hosts of this particular show. So please sit back and enjoy our conversation with one and only Stephanie J. Barty. With us, we have the wonderful Stephanie Barty, a.k.a. Lupa. The what? 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 what, what? The AKA. It's a. Oh, also known as. <laughs> yeah, no, Dave teases, teases me with the AKA all the time. <laughs> because there's a friend of ours that has a podcast and he's a great guy. And I was teasing him when I did his podcast about the AKA because he's got about 16 AKAs. <laughs> and it drove me insane so that's why dave throws in the aka <laughs> all the time so you need what about 15 all more <laughs> i don't know well because i habitually call you steph because of dave yeah. um and that's what he calls yeah. <laughs> exactly so then you call yourself lupa and so i'm like okay brain categorize this so yeah. <laughs> well, loop is actually a, a nickname that i've had for 15 years um and his kids actually dave's kids actually call me lupa i've heard them because i've been on the phone with him they're like are you talking to lupa <laughs> and then they get yeah. sad when they find out it's not <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's jump into it. So we have prepared some questions, some conversation points, because we've missed you. We have missed you on this podcast, and we kind of wanted to put you in the hot seat, you know, for, for not the first time, but um, to kind of just, um, I don't know, get it from a different perspective, because uh, you're... Well, it's kind of a, it's- it's kind of a special episode, too. It is the know? most special episode, I think. And there was no yeah. way you couldn't have been involved in this. Like, it had to be you. So, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully these questions uh, do you justice and you're um, happy and excited to to answer and kind of kind of get get like I said, the 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 other side of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have my questions prepared. All right. So, we know because you've been very open about it. Um, and and when we stepped into the world of MythBits, I think people were very shocked. Like, whoa, what is happening? And and really, at its core, you 
wanted to focus on writing, right? Yeah. Um, Dave, as my publisher, thought it would be best if he um, kind of pared down all of the things that I was involved in. And we had a discussion and um, who I was as a writer had kind of gotten lost mm. because I was, you know, podcasting two podcasts and I was editing and um, not just for the magazine, but I edit a ton of other stuff as well. Yeah, because you you juggle a lot just yeah, for the magazine I was, alone. I was so. all the social media for a while. And I needed to get back to what kind of started this whole chaotic journey in the first place. Yeah. And that was writing. Yeah. And I think with like COVID and quarantine, I think it kind of gave everybody like a good shot to kind of prioritize things, you know, Um, because you're left with your thoughts a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah. That's not always good. Yeah. Um, because prioritizing when you um, tend to fight chronic depression is kind of hard mm-hmm. when you have all of this time on your hands. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was getting burnt out. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, because like I said, you you were you were juggling so so much, and and just with the magazine alone, and and so when you say like there were other things, I can't even imagine the load on your plate. So yeah, well. I'm- Ghostwriting. I'm on my second ghostwriting book. Um, <laughs> I'm in the process of writing three books for of my own Ooh, publication. Three? Um, yeah. How, how did you uh, how'd you get started ghostwriting? Um, a friend of mine, actually a contributor to the magazine, um, she recommended me for the job. And the publisher contacted me and said, you know, you've been... We've been given you, given, your name has been given to us. Okay, so words are not my strong suit today. (laughs) And they said, can we see some of your writing? So I sent them um, a couple of things that I had on the World of Myth Bits. I sent them a couple of the bits from The Chosen. And they emailed back and said, oh, well, we're not looking for anything. We don't have any fantasy. And I'm like, dude, I can totally write anything other than fantasy. Mm -hmm. My my published book is anything but fantasy. It's a historical <laughs> romance if you have to categorize it. And he's like, oh, okay. So then I got the first book and kind of just went from there. And I, was, I uh, um, because you get paid when you turn in your um, manuscript and it goes through reader review and has to have a certain number and then they pay you the second half of your agreed upon amount Mm -hmm. and money was really tight at that time so it's like I need to get to PCE yeah okay (laughs) and I ended up doing 70,000 words in four weeks jeez Louise and that got got me to PCE (laughs) wow okay (laughs) so I I set a new I set a new a new record for myself yeah I couldn't even imagine oh my god in in four weeks yeah, it was insane. I was writing for six to seven hours a day. Oh. My mom, I was in Florida. I was in Florida with my mother, and she would kind of throw food at me around lunchtime. <laughs> and about two in the afternoon, she'd bring me a cup of tea, hot tea, because mm-hmm. we're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then at six o'clock, she'd be like, okay, you're done. <laughs> dinner and we would watch Hallmark movies for the rest of the evening. Aw. But see, that's good. Yeah, it's ironically funny because that's pretty much what I'm writing now. Yeah. Wait, ri- wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's along the same lines as a Hallmark movie. Hey, I mean, I'm writing it in that vein. <laughs> okay, but see, here's the thing. And, and this, the questions I prepared, this kind of takes to it. So I don't want to spend too much time on it yet. But like, you know, it's, I think we just need those good things right now, especially just those, those happy, kind of silly, yeah. um, sweet and like pure things. So I yeah. can totally understand why that's something that you would have jumped into. Because it's like, it's almost just necessary right now. Because there's... Yeah, we need the feel goods. Exactly. And and without yeah. them, I think we would just shrivel and die at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so that yeah, kind don't of... Let me tell, I, I will totally take over this podcast. Don't let me do that. Okay. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we, need, we need a safe word, I think. <laughs> A <laughs> Go ahead and get the cat of nines. <laughs> okay, sorry. We're taking this into adult territory here. All right. So speaking of uh, your whole journey and everything. So you've you said you've been working on your own publications. So obviously we know... We're expecting a sequel to Eternally Bound, right? So, um, yes. what has that been like? Because, I mean, you you published that in what was it? It was shortly before PCE, twenty eighteen. Yeah, I was gonna say just shortly before PCE, right? So, yes. it's we've got a year and a half or so. God, almost a year, or two years um, between. So, what has kind of been that journey for you to kind of jump back into that particular story. Um, now, Magically Bound, which is the um, second book in a tr- in the trilogy, is more of a prequel than it is a sequel. In Eternally Bound, you meet Bella, who is the lead male's mother, but she's dead. She's a ghost in okay. the book. <laughs> and she's also a Celtic witch from Ireland. So Magically Bound is her story. Oh, cool. It's all about... So getting into that, it was kind of... Um, because it's... I'm not... I can't really pull anything from the first book. Mm. Because none of the characters, except for three... Two of them are even born. Oh, yeah. That's got to be hard. Yeah, like Lance and Gwen and all of their counterparts, the protagonist from Eternally Bound, the antagonist from Eternally Bound, all of the main characters, none of them are even born. The only ones that I could pull from that book was the doctor, the housemaid, and Bella and Marcus, Mm. the mom and dad. And I'm starting before Bella and Marcus even meet. Yeah. So we're going way, so, way back. <laughs> it's 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 kind of like I'm creating an entirely new story instead of like a sequel where you can kind of draw on 
what's happened in the previous book to kind of propel you along. But that's fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's got to be hard, one, but fun. <laughs> the third one is kind of, it, Eternally Bound didn't set out to be a trilogy. <laughs> um, it was supposed to be a one-off, like most of my stuff is supposed to be a one-off. <laughs> Until... And that, oh yeah, until my characters go, you really know, you need to tell my story. Yeah. <laughs> and Bella, Bella kind of went, you know, you need to tell them who I am. And once I decided, okay, so there needs to be two books, then the baby in the first book kind of went, well, you need to wrap it all up with me. <laughs> so Forever Bound was born. But see, <laughs> so that's... There are three. That's good because it kind of, in that sense, it, it gave you the structure you need because, yeah. you know, I mean, to to tell this story across three different books, obviously across, you know, several different stories from different perspectives from different times, it's yeah. not an easy feat. So when you kind of from the beginning um, know where you're headed I think to me that's the the best kind of skeleton because I I can no, I can never tolerate stories that just start and they like the the writer doesn't know where to go they they just yeah. kind of keep it going and keep it going and keep it going and draw it out and it becomes so exhausting because like yeah. when you when you just you know where you need to land you know and I think that that's really smart of you to have kind of established that from from nearly the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when Dave said, when Dave originally said yes, I'll publish Eternally Bound. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's a trilogy, right? <laughs> so it's a package <laughs> deal. He's like, well, okay. <laughs> so yeah, now that one is still in the process of being written. Um, it's been a little harder to write that one. Then, I mean, it took me 14 years to write Eternally Bound. Oh, wow. I promise it is not going to take 14 years to write Magically Bound. Okay, George R. R. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> um, so it's not going to be coming out this year. Aw. Um, but I do have one that is coming out this year. Okay. So let's let's hear and about that one if you is. can. Hmm? Let's hear about that one if you can. Oh, yes, I, I totally can. I totally can. Um, if you follow along any of my stories on the World of Myth magazine, mm-hmm. I've been writing a series for about a year now, two years now, called The Chosen. Mm. That started as a one-off. <laughs> <laughs> the Huntress was supposed to be a one-off. <laughs> she popped her little head up about three episodes into Merrick's story and went, you know, I can totally take it from here. Okay, but that's good because as we're, you know, without giving any spoilers or anything, um, you know, the the magazine did come out this week. And so, you know, both Joe and I were reading and everything. And so that story popped up and, you know, I get all excited. I see your name and I'm really excited to hear that. (laughs) Because... Yeah, preparation... Uh, the ending will not be printed in the magazine. Okay, good. There are, um, preparation is the final episode that is going to be printed in the magazine. Ooh, you're a tease. 
really smart too <laughs> just because you're gonna draw us along and we're gonna get involved and invested so yeah do now, there were large gaps between each installment because again um covid has been really hard on me mm-hmm. and you know writing for the ghost writing takes up a lot of time i have to yeah. turn out about two thousand words a week oh which, from, I'm not, okay, this is totally going to sound like I'm bragging, and I'm not. <laughs> um, Brag, please. Dave, Dave has watched it happen, and it's kind of freaky. <laughs> I can churn out about 2,000 to 3,000 words in about an hour and a half. Yeah. When I'm on a roll. Mm-hmm. Other days, I can do that in about three days. Mm. So, my goal is 728 words a day for the ghostwriting. That's not bad, and I think that's fair for yourself. Yeah, yeah, like that's totally doable. Yeah. Totally doable. And I but know, go ahead. There's been big gaps. So I think a lot of the readers that were following along kind of fell away. So I'm hoping I can kind of bring them back. I I so think they will. Yeah. I think they will because I think when people, um, they see somebody they're familiar with. And I know there are, are, I mean, plenty, dozens of authors that I, you know, I loved their stories. I loved following them. And then they didn't publish anything right away. And I read other books. And then, like, there's there's several authors I have completely lost track of. And now I'm like, crap, I have, like, ten books to catch up with. This is horrible. So I think, yeah. I think, I think that everybody will come back. Oh, I hope so. I'm hope- it's yeah. going to be a pretty, um, a pretty, uh, the, the ending, the last chapter is already written. The last chapter is already written and I totally teased Dave with it because he's, I think he's got to be the biggest fan of that story. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gets to read it before everybody else. Well, good. I mean, that's good when because your publisher is excited for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I haven't given him the last chapter. Oh, <laughs> so he's tortured. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't got the last. He won't get the last chapter till he gets the completed book. Okay. And then he'll he'll have the last chapter. <laughs> so. But he'll get it before everybody else. So there is that. Yeah, he'll get it before everybody else. <laughs> there is that win um, for him. <laughs> and it's actually due to him the beginning of October. Okay, so we're coming up yeah. to that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Don't remind me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. I still so, have to weave it all together. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So on that note, maybe this will help you. Um, what what gets you motivated to write? Like what gets you excited or in the mood to to kind of write? You know. So maybe this will help you get all that situated before October. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, there isn't really one specific thing I mean I when I when I intentionally sit down to write I have to do it to music Mm -hmm. and depending on what I'm writing will dictate what I'm listening to um 
the previous ghostwriting book, I was listening to a lot of Indigo Girls mm-hmm. and um, a lot of stuff that would have come out of San Francisco, a lot of um, Cher. <laughs> it had a very heavy LGBTQ storyline to it. Yeah. So I was trying to get into um, that mindset. And I mean, I know that's stereotyping and I don't mean to do that. No, I don't think so. And I think when you're kind of... I needed needed to reach that softer side of... So that kind of put me in the mood to write that kind of story. Yeah. When I'm writing The Chosen, it's more Lorena McKennett. It's more um, Dead Can Dance, kind of mystical fantasy stuff but yeah tv shows <laughs> movies will inspire certain things um the tv show is from years and years like the 80s called the seeker actually inspired the chosen huh yeah i was re-watching it because uh, i love it i was re-watching it um and i'd already the hunters had been written years before because it was kind of a, a cathartic therapy for me to write her Mm -hmm. and I watched the seeker and went oh I have a ton of ideas I want to write a story and then watching Merlin on Netflix kind of spurred that on so Mm -hmm. a tv show can inspire it a song on the radio can inspire it um a dream I've had (laughs) I write for a couple of other things too and dreams i'll have a dream and wake up and go oh i need to put that scene into that story (laughs) but see i love that because like i feel like there is never a greater feeling than that little blip of uh inspiration because it's so overwhelming and you're just like oh my god and when it happens it's like oh the only problem is when go ahead it's just a matter of, of, it's not really writing, it's just a matter of keeping up. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're able to write 2,000 words in a week, I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the, the Lucille Ball and Vivian Vance uh, famous I Love Lucy chocolate scene of your own yes. brain. <laughs> I'm so glad you got totally. that reference. <laughs> totally. Totally. She's shoving them into her mouth. And in some case, I'm the Vita 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 Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Big fair. Lucy fan. Big Lucy fan. Yes. Well, good. I'm glad I can I can actually spit that out and you get it. It makes me happy. I, I Yeah. People are always shocked when I when I start talking about I love Lucy and they're like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, you don't understand oh. that she, Lucille Ball shaped my entire like young life, hands yes. down." Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be her when I grew up. Yes. Who didn't? She's iconic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dancing around in the barrel of grapes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's see, what do I have next? Okay, what about rituals? Do you have any, like, rituals when it comes to writing? Do you have, like, um, something you have to have with you, like a, a coffee mug or um, something you have to do to kind of get ready? I do. I do, actually. Um, I have – I'm a professional procrastinator. <laughs> so 
I have actually allotted myself 45 minutes and I will set a timer on Siri 45 minutes before I sit down to procrastinate. <laughs> I potter, I surf Facebook, I do whatever. The minute that alarm goes off, I make my, and I do have, a, I have to have a cup of tea. Doesn't matter what cup it's in, but it has to be Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. Has to be Earl Grey. Um, and sometimes I don't even drink it. I think it's just the smell. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's because it's comfort. I'll writing and completely forget that there's this hot cup of tea sitting there, and then I'll go to take a sip like two hours later. It's like, uh, yeah, oh, it's cold. Yummy. Um, and my vape, mm-hmm. which I'm slowly weeding that out, and music. I have to have my headphones on because I have to completely block out the real world. Yeah, because I write fiction, I need to block out the real world, mm-hmm. and I have to be beside. I do have quite a few have-to-be's. Good grief. I have to be beside a window. I have to be able to look out and see outside because when I'm working out a problem and it, it I've been called, been told it's like the death stare. Mm. There is no expression. There is no, my eyes are just glazed over and I'm just kind of staring out the window. But I'm working out an issue in my head, yeah. a story, and then I'll write and I have to be able to get up and go outside. Mm. I couldn't write in an apartment where I'd have to take the elevator down to go outside. Mm. Because I find a lot of times um, when I was writing in Midland, I would get up off the couch and I could see out. Like I had a window right beside me. I could see out the back sliding glass door. And I would go outside a lot of times when I smoked cigarettes, stand on the back deck and stare up at my big maple tree. Mm. And just, I would blank my logic, my, my conscious mind and just stare at the tree and my conscious mind would kind of become a test pattern. Yeah. And my subconscious mind would take over and work out the problem. And then all of a sudden it'd be like, oh, and I'd come running back in and furiously type. So (laughs) I need music, Earl Grey and a window. But that's, I think that's fair, you know, because like you said, it's when you, when you're able to kind of. Um, just kind of like eradicate like realistic thoughts. Um, yeah. I think that's a, a have to, you know, just a requirement because if, if your mind is occupied or if you have a uh, background noise, if you have uh, kids yeah. in the background, if you have, you know, somebody doing something, it, it's, it's not that it's like, the noise is what's distracting. It's that you can't fully kind of uh, just uh, 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 release yourself and surrender to this fictitious realm. And yeah. I think I think your your setup is actually like really good, and I'm really jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the headphones are a big signal to everybody around me. You see those headphones on? Do not talk to me. <laughs> Because before, you know, I'd get writing and I would get, hey, can you, or can I, uh, no, do you not see, <laughs> calm down, you can't hear the furious, I mean, and I ask anybody who's heard me type, I beat the living daylights <laughs> out of my keyboard when I'm typing, and putting the noise-canceling headphones on and the music, once those headphones go on, in my mind, it changes, too. I get into a totally... It's it's almost like flipping a switch. Mm. 
you know how like actors when they they put on their makeup or they put on the costume of that character it flips that switch and they become that character yeah it's your method when writing I put the headphones on yeah when i put the headphones on i become the writer and people see the headphones and know okay you talk to her you die yeah things will be thrown you might get hit with them it will not be pretty. <laughs> Wait till she takes them off. <laughs> Just leave me be. So, yes. like, the next question I had was, what does that process look like? And, I mean, that pretty much kind of, like, ran into itself. But I am curious, like, since you write such um, thorough and thought out stories, um, what, like, is there any, like, te- tech? Uh, technological aspect like do you outline do you um, what do you do to make sure you stay on track or like you said if you have to work a problem out or something that like maybe isn't so clear cut you know Um, in all reality there are two kinds of writers there are plotters and pantsers (laughs) I'm a pantser. <laughs> Honest, everything that I have written, I write from the seat of my pants. I sit down. Now, I have had to go back for continuity's sake. Yeah. And reread some stuff that I've written. Um, in the the my first novel, Eternally Bound, mm-hmm. I did keep, um, as I was writing, I would make notes. I didn't make notes beforehand. I didn't plot it out. I knew where I wanted to start, sort of, <laughs> and I knew where I wanted to finish, kind <clears> of. <throat> and I wanted a bunch of magic and ghosts and blow some stuff up in between. Yeah. That's all I knew. I did have to do research on schooners, and um, because it's set in the 1800s, I did have to do research on the types of tools they would use if they had baby bottles, what they called diapers. Mm. Um I did have a beta reader come back at me and say, oh, they wouldn't have called the doctor Doc back then. That's a new kind of slang. And I went, hold up. Have you ever heard of Doc Holiday?" Well, this takes place after Doc Holiday, so ah. yes, they would have. <laughs> <laughs> and they went, okay, and carried on. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, the actual story itself told itself. I just kept up. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's a talent in and of itself for you to do that. So, I mean, major oh, props you. to your abilities. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I kind of write from the seat of my pants. I don't... Now, with ghostwriting, it's totally different because they send me everything. It's already outlined, and I'm pretty much... Fill in the blank. We're going to... I'm going to use an adult word. I'm just the fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just add substance to what they send me and send it back. Well, look, this is an environment that respects the fluffers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just know you're in a, in a safe area with us. <laughs> so that was an entirely different experience to get 38 pages laid out. Even the major... Um, climactic scenes not a right word to use after using fluffer but anyway. <laughs> um just go with it roll with it is mapped out every 
everything is like written out for me mm. and I just have to make it work. Um, so which with- was a totally different experience for me. And it was very hard at first because I write my own stuff. So I wanted to take your idea and write it my way. Mm. And being a ghostwriter, you're actually writing for somebody else. Yeah. And remembering that none of what I'm writing is actually mine is hard too. Yeah. So with the uh, with the streaming services, how do you feel that that will affect ghostwriting? Um, I think a lot of them are going to go to movie, made for TV, movie, uh, Netflix, stuff like that, because the big box stores are nobody's buying books. Yeah. Not just not just people. The stores aren't buying books. The bookstores aren't buying them. The big box stores aren't buying them because they can't get rid of what they've got. Yeah. Everybody's binging Netflix. Mm. So I think, yeah, the book will come out, but immediately it's going to be shopped around to producers to make a Netflix or an HBO or a, you know, Friday night flick, whatever, made yeah. for TV movie, which is sad because people are losing the art of reading yeah oh for sure and i i like to if i find out that there's like a movie coming out and it's based off of this book my first thing is i want to make sure i read that book and yeah it's so i think it's so much fun and there have been times where it's like i've read the book and then i go and watch the movie and i have to turn the movie off because i'm like this isn't working for me i can't (laughs) I just can't. Like, I think it was, for me, um, The Lovely Bones. The, the yeah, book versus the book movie. Oh, see, the book, I read the, I read the book right before, and then I watched the movie, and it was just, my brain was, like, great casting and everything. It just didn't work. So, yeah, yeah. like, it's, it's see, tricky. I had to- with that, I used to be like that. I used to be like, no, 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 no. You need to follow the book. You need to follow the book. <laughs> and it drove me nuts. And I missed out on a lot of really good movies. Yeah. So what I had to do, and it might, it might work for you, is go into the movie as a completely separate entity, more as a tribute yeah. to what I read than a play-by-play. Because I watched, do you watch Outlander by any chance? No, I want to, desperately. <gasps> I really, okay. really you want to. You can it. actually read the books and then watch it, or you can watch it and read the books. Yeah, see, I kind of did that with Game of Thrones. Like, I read a book, then I watched a season, and then I caught up, but... um. Yeah, you see, Game of Thrones kind of messed around with the timeline. That, it really that did. Kinda, but I, There were a few episodes I was screaming at the TV going, that doesn't happen yet! Yeah, no, 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 they really kind of flubbed it. I Really quick note, when they went off script from the books it got so much better <laughs> it really did for a minute <laughs> and then except for the final season yeah that's what i was final gonna say season. like except for the end but like when they kind of went like they they took the the story and they kind of went in their own direction it just it felt so much like well thought out so okay go back to your thought with outlander <laughs> outlander is such a beloved series of books. Yeah. And it was written, I mean, I read them in high school mm. when I was in high school and I was like totally in love with Jamie Frazier. <laughs> I'm still totally, totally in love with Jamie Frazier. 
And when Diana Gabaldon, who wrote Outlander, was asked, she had been asked for years to make it into a movie, to make it into a series. And she always said no. When she was asked why, she said, because Jamie Fraser hasn't been born yet. Mm. And when you watch, after you've read the books and you read the way she describes him, and then you see Sam Houghton play Jamie Frazier in the the very first episode, the very first minute you see him, you're like, oh, oh my God. It's perfect. <laughs> Perfection. It. Yeah, Here, I, I'm not overly fond of who they chose. I mean, she's a great actress. She does it really, really well. And she plays the part really, really well. Um not who I would have chosen. Not who I had pictured in my head. Yeah. But See that? Amy, who is the main character, he is, you know. The perfect choice. The, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 See, and that's <laughs> and always so satisfying. He, speaks, he is Scottish. He is Scottish. And he speaks fluent Gaelic. Oh, wow. His first language. So when he's calling her Sassanac and he's speaking Gaelic into her, you're melting onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, this is this is where I'm going to go That's for a few days. <laughs> because you read the words in the book and you Google them and you hear the Google lady say them and it's nowhere near as good as what he says. Yeah, no. Well, because Gaelic <laughs> in and of itself is just an artful language and And then once i saw him in person i went back and read the books again because now i had his voice Mm. read it in his oh telling you girl you need to read them i will i really really like i said it's it's been one of those like i want to read it but i've been so bad especially over quarantine i have bought probably about 30 books and i have picked up maybe two i haven't finished them because I don't even know why I love reading, but I've also gotten kind of like in this habit of buying nonfiction for some reason. And yeah. I don't know why. So thank you because now like I, I need, <laughs> I need lately, fiction. Yeah. Lately life is, str- is stranger than fiction. So. It is. It really is. So. I do have to honestly say I miss reading. Um, I'm glad that I have the editor's job with the magazine because it gives me an opportunity to read Mm. because writing all the time, I cannot read if I'm writing. Yeah. I am. uh, I call myself a chameleon because I can, I pick up accents really easily. um, And I found when I'm writing, if I'm reading the same time I'm writing, I start writing in that author's voice. I totally understand that. Yeah. It's, I do and the I same thing. I can't listen to the same music across books either. Mm-mm. Yeah, because it's one of those. Yeah. It, it, it can go very easily awry. And, um. Yeah. <laughs> when I. When I started Magically Bound, I thought, okay, great. You know, I threw on the playlist that I had for Eternally Bound, and I got about eight pages in and realized that I'm writing in the voice of Eternally Bound. Oh, wow. Oops. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I can't. No, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> we got to. Well, got... there's eight pages of delete. Yeah, because it's an entirely different narrative. 
So you yeah. kind of have to, to keep that, that, you know, uh, shift in focus, yeah. you kind of have to recreate the whole thing. I do the same thing like with art. You know, when I do, especially if I draw like a series, like I did, I don't know if you have ever watched the show, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but I just did three pieces and each one, even though they were from the same show, I could not draw them listening to the same playlist for them. Like, it, yeah. because it's when you're channeling, you know, you're, you're Those still totally incredible, by the way. Thank y'all. <laughs> when you. <laughs> I love, I love that show so it's it's one of those like it puts me in such a mood that like yeah and even if you like I did that I did that what we were just talking about where it's like you kind of start like absorbing another person's uh voice I did that yeah. with my the werewolf story I submitted because I just come off of re-watching Sabrina so yeah. yeah sorry uh whoever is reading that um well then now you know so when you read it you're gonna go okay <laughs> i totally get that now I yeah <laughs> makes sense yeah. but yeah, yeah no it's it's one of those like you you kind of have to recreate um even though you're still in the same environment you have to recreate the narrative with with what you're listening to and everything oh yeah yeah because it's a different perspective it's a different voice it's a different vision mhm mm so so yeah no and and yeah it can get it can get hard I think when you're first initially trying to do that so I mean but as long as you're kind of aware that like this is something you need to make sure you don't do <laughs> you can do yeah. it yeah exactly all right so you have been you know we've been talking about uh the world of myth and and your editing and and how you've been able to kind of again using the word prioritize what goes where and compartmentalize um Recently, you actually brought up about like how I think you said you and Dave had actually talked about the future of the world of myth and everything involved. Um, what what, you know, the not changes, but what kind of evolution do you see with the world of myth? see it growing and growing I mean it is continually when I took on the job um two almost two years ago as editor it was I would say half the size that it is now mm. and um we were getting new contributors every couple of months um and now we get new contributors every single month yeah and our numbers, our stories and poetry and artwork are just, I mean, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know well, we came um, in at the perfect so time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, um, I loved doing magazine review, but not all yours. <laughs> <laughs> I was I had this question saved for the end, but I might as well ask it now. Um, 
any advice for us? Because we're going into next week where we're going to actually do the review. And it's, it's hard. It's so hard because there's so much phenomenal content. And I always feel like a broken record when you're like, okay, this was amazing. This was amazing. (laughs) This was amazing. And it's like, have you listened to mine? Okay. So when it came time for review, I kind of, I didn't have that, okay, magazine just came out. I have like seven days to, <laughs> to read these and review. Yeah. I would, um, instead of both of you trying to read the entire thing, because, I mean, that sometimes is hard. Yeah. Is s- split them up. Yeah. Like one, one month you do fantasy, horror, and... Joe does sci-fi and humor and you both do action and suspense or, you know, and kind of mix them up. And then the next month, Joe does fantasy. Yeah. No, I think that's smart. Different perspectives on it. Exactly. But you guys are doing great. So far. (laughs) It was our first one. We still have one more. The next one. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Because I did just start reading. You gotta review my story, so. <laughs> no, I'm. I already read your story, and I'm. I no spoilers on what my review is gonna be, but I already kind of told you. It's like I'm. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty for more. So, you know. <laughs> Again, no spoilers for that review, but. <laughs> but my best advice would be be honest. Yeah. If there was something about it that bothered you say so like if the content kind of made you uncomfortable because a lot of the stories and there are some in this issue i think it was this issue it might have been last issue i don't remember they mm-hmm. kind of all sometimes run together because well, there's dozens um, yeah the, the the content the topic of the story um don de braille wrote one a while back um about grandma Mm. and it was very disturbing for me to read it (laughs) and because of the the content yeah the reason why she was killing these men and what these men were doing gotcha so if if it and the point is it's supposed to make you uncomfortable yeah it's supposed to give you the ick factor yeah so be honest yeah because i know as a writer um, we can't improve, we can't under strengths or our weaknesses unless somebody tells us. Yeah. You know, it was a great story, but the characters could have been a little more three-dimensional yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and I get that. And, and um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, because especially if, you know, you write a story and you're so proud of it and... um yeah. It's, it's especially, you know, and, and, and Joe and I are still, you know, essentially we're new characters, you know, in this, this whole story of the world of myth. And, yeah you know, I don't want people to, to sit back and be like, who are these people attacking us? You know, <laughs> like what, what gives them the right? <laughs> the lucky thing for us is, you know, we do have an editor. So mm-hmm. I do um, 
reject a lot of stories. Yeah. So they don't make it to the magazine for various reasons. So what we have in the magazine is usually the best of the best. Yeah. It is, they are really good stories. They pull you in. So, yeah. you know, it kind of makes it easier to review. There isn't a whole lot to not like, unless it's, like I said, the, the topic that they're writing about that makes you uncomfortable or for me horror i can't i can't i can't i can't (laughs) just i i had to read horror first thing in the morning over cups of coffee i could not read it at night no could not read it at night see i'm i i especially like this past go ahead i can write it i can't read it or watch it oh see i crave it like but good horror, like, and, and I haven't, like, I don't know, like, I haven't had a good horror novel in a hot minute. In fact, I actually, uh, I, I, I have a really shameful um, confession is that I've never actually read Shirley Jackson. And I really desperately want to. So I'm super excited <laughs> because I finally ordered, um, I ordered a collection of her short stories and um uh the the uh oh my gosh i want to say the haunting of hill house but that's the show um the yeah oh my god it's actually oh what is it called and did you know that uh, you know how many people thought the haunting of hill house was based on a real story oh i wish on a real place yeah i wish <laughs> yeah and it's not it's based on um she actually went to a, a, oh was it in Cleveland there was a fire in an apartment building where people died and she went there Ooh. to that place and um, kind of just absorbed the energy of the place yeah. and let her her creative mind kind of go which is where some of the story of um, the house on haunted hill yes oh, I can't remember thank the you yes yeah, the house on haunted like hill that is it yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, she completely made that up, but it's been like an urban legend for how long? <laughs> Quite. And it was based on a real house. Yeah. And uh, Eleanor Nell was a real person. And see, I could believe that, though. Like, just what oh, I know yeah. about what went behind, you know, the characters and how she yeah. pushed those boundaries with writing these more unique characters of their time. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm excited. I'm really excited. So, I don't know why yeah. we turn this around to me. short stories is really good, too. Yeah, because my... You're not going to be able to read one and put it down. It's going to be five or six. Good. Or, you know, all night and the... you're done. I am fine <laughs> with that. I am absolutely fine with that. Especially coming up to October, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. so um, I kind of just, I, we're like in the middle here. We've kind of branched around. Um, but, you know, and, and you've been very, I think I, I, I already pointed it out at the beginning of the episode, where you've been very open on Lupa's bits. And, um, you know, you've, you've kind of let us into your personal world and everything, but... There's, you know, as we've said, there's so much happening right now. There's so much happening across, you know, the the northern continent, across, I mean, the entire world. So, yeah. genuinely, 
How are you doing? Uh, genuinely, <laughs> for the most part, I'm okay. Um, I'm in a good place, and I'm surrounded by good people. And I have a very small circle of really good friends. Good. And um, my personal life is getting better. Good. So... That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm genuinely, I'm in a good place. I have bad days. Of course. But everybody has bad days, and you just have to kind of recognize that it's a bad day and kind of ride it out. Do all the things that you know you need to do to get yourself out of that bad day. But genuinely, I am... You know, I'm not perfect. I'm living in a trailer, my friend's backyard. Hey, you know what, though? Joe and I, our first house was a trailer. It was amazing. (laughs) Praying that, you know, I've done enough to winterize it and I don't turn into a loop of popsicle. It it can get pretty cold here in the winter. Um, I mean, we we have it dropping down into the low 40s now. Already, wow. chill that's a nip in the air that's nothing (laughs) it's gonna get down to like 30 in january Mm. and february and hopefully you know the world has calmed down and covid has calmed down because Mm -hmm. it's gonna be you know 30 which is uh minus 20 in canadian yeah that's how i remember celsius (laughs) is a c so it's canadian f is foreign so that's fahrenheit Hopefully, I know it's 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 hard to I think I think that's you know drawing on on you know your your conversations with depression and everything and it's uh you know to to empathize with that is it's so hard to I think be hopeful you know because we don't know where things are are headed with yeah. uh COVID and everything so um no matter what we're gonna get you here one way or another, yeah. like I don't care how it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, my my only issue right now is finding a place to quarantine when I come back. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, quarantining there technically um, isn't going to be a problem. Yeah, because there's nothing to do out here right back, now. Yeah, quarantining because I'm coming out. Um, probably for three weeks and it'll be like two weeks before PCE and then the week after PCE Mm. or something like that. I don't know. So you got the warm up and (laughs) then the cool down. Yeah, it all depends on how long Dave needs me out there. Yeah. Um, But it's when I come back, finding a place that I can go and quarantine, like, you know, who's going to let me go and hang out for 14 days? Yeah. And feed me, like throw food at me and stay away from me. You know? Yeah, it's it's tricky. And hopefully by then, hopefully something gets a handle 
on the whole situation and it's not even a necessity at that point. Um, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm ho- hopefully, you know, the world is kind of sort of back to normal and yeah. the border's open because if the border is open, then I'm going to drive my happy little Canadian butt down there. I'm not going to fly. I'm going to drive. There, would that work? Which, would that count oh, yeah. as quarantining? <laughs> oh, totally works. You're, you're going to be locked in my car. Exactly. I think we found I'm the loophole. I think we so, found the loophole. <laughs> exactly. I can come. If, if they open that border, I am good to go. <laughs> ready. Well, good. Because we're ready for oh, you. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Going back to writing um, and talking about. Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want you to feel like you have to deep dive into your personal life or anything like that. But if have you it, listened to Lupus Bits? Exactly. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to ask, like, <laughs> like when you when you write, you know, and and we talked about, you know, like that requirement for fantasy and everything, but and and where you pull from inspiration, but like, do you include any elements of your personal life? In what you write? Uh, yeah. Totally. Um, in Eternally Bound, every single character in that book has an aspect of myself, right mm. down to the loathsome Abby. <laughs> every single character has some aspect, some personality trait of mine. Mm. Um, situations, yeah, I draw from life experiences. Um you have no idea how many people have ticked me off and I've killed them on paper. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the best revenge. Oh, God, yeah, because it's legal. Yep. And, and they never have to know if they don't want to. It's not messy. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, you burn that in a fire and there's no evidence. <laughs> but no, yeah, I do. I do draw from, there is a lot of my personal life, uh, good and bad in um in what i write even the chosen has a lot of my personal life Mm. and my personal experiences in it so yeah and i use people that i know for characters (laughs) yeah well no i feel like that's the best way to to really kind of uh hone this this fully three-dimensional world is when yeah. you're able to, because it's, what was it, the advice from the movie Never Been Kissed? You want to talk about Hallmark movies? Never Been Kissed, right, from the 90s, where they say, you know, write what you know. And however, yeah, you have to adapt that. Say that yeah. <laughs> because it's, if you try, and I think we've all tried right, it. But you know, like, okay, I know sewing, so I can only write stories about sewing. Yeah, no. It's, Write what you know as in characters, people. Yeah. Use the people around you. Use their personalities, their quirks, their likes, their dislikes, how they move. Exactly. Look, even. Mm -hmm. Use that to create your characters. Yeah. Use conflict that a friend might be having as Mm -hmm. a storyline. Yeah. Because that's how you're going to get those those fully fleshed out people that, that... readers yeah. want more from because if you just have yeah. you know and I hate the word but it it gets thrown around but you know a Mary Sue 
there's nothing there's nothing to draw on as a reader, you know, and it's nice if you read yeah. something and you can kind of implant yourself in it because we all want to relate. But on the other hand, it's like we want that fully fleshed out, you know, character. So that's yeah. why I ask that, you know, um, yeah. is, is where it comes from. Totally, I, yeah, totally use my own emotions, my own um, fears, my own personalities, good, bad, and otherwise, um, and from around me as well. Yeah. To, to draw on. Yeah. Well, like, so on that note, I wanted to ask, because you have shared, you've been sharing with us poems that you've written in the past about... Um, what it means to be a woman. And that's a subject that's really, really like important to me. And um, I don't know if Dave will hate me if I use the F word, but uh, you know, uh, feminism, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so I don't, I, I'm only going to say it once. That'd be kind of funny if we did, because then people would be like, what? But (laughs) what did she say? But but that's something that's really important to me. So when you were when you were candidly sharing those, you know, I I genuinely like I was I was it it made me so happy and, you know, relate. And I love I love your work. So, you know, what was the what was the question I was trying to ask out of that? Um, (laughs) So. How is that, you know, the the concept of womanhood and everything, how is, is that something that you you want to implant in all of your work? Like, you know, kind of taking these these twists and turns, because, you know, I before we get to the actual answer, like one thing that always drives me nuts is when a woman is attempted to be written by a man. Sometimes, because it never actually, like, sometimes they get it just right, but then there are other times where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So, and it works yeah. both ways. So I'm just curious if oh, that's yeah. something that, that, you know, is important to you or not. Uh, I want to write things, um, my own personal writing, not my ghost writing, but my mm. personal work, I want to write strong female characters. Mm-hmm. I want to write women that, you know, I write adult fiction at the moment. Mm-hmm. But if a teenage girl, 16, 17, 18 years old, picks up my book, I want her to read it and go, okay, yeah. yeah. I want to be like that. I want to be strong. I want to be independent. But I want to be, I want to write a woman that, doesn't need to be rescued yeah but is comfortable enough in her own strength and her own confidence to allow herself to be rescued sometimes yeah because i mean sometimes it's 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 uh uh you can't help it you know sometimes it has to happen you know um and i think you know that comes with the delicacy of of telling uh storytelling and um you know and 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 making sure that um, it's not because she's weak or, or not that it's, you know, not okay to be weak, but not that, you know, she's, she's not, uh, oh, a typical. It, it takes great strength to be weak. Exactly. To admit that you are having a weak moment, mm-hmm. not that you are a weak character. Exactly. 
yeah, I want to write women that can express the gamut of emotion, can be weak and vulnerable, and and still, you know, go out and, like, I write, right now I'm writing in the 17th and 1800s, so mm. I want to write a woman that can be vulnerable with the romantic male, mm-hmm. that can be weak and shy and feminine with the romantic male but you know if her livestock is being attacked by a wolf can also grab the <laughs> shotgun off the wall and go out there and take care of it yeah <laughs> and then come back in and curl up back in the lap of her loved one yeah you know <laughs> yeah because it's, it's true it's it's there's so many like expectations and luckily yes. we've kind of progressed we've we've seen you know the development of of different types of women presented in the media. So, you know, it, it's, it, it, it gets me excited when, when we see that, you know, and, and so I applaud you for doing that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I do actually, it's going to sound bizarre, but I do draw a lot of inspiration, um, from Wonder Woman. (laughs) Uh, No, I get that though. I totally get that. The original Wonder Woman mm-hmm. the, from the, the TV show, and like not the the, the comic book because I I'm not a comic book. Geek. <laughs> I think I heard Dave just gasp out loud. Um, He's crying. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and from the more recent movie, mm-hmm. because she was soft, she was vulnerable, she was. Um, emotional and and felt very deeply but boy could she beat the crap out of somebody yep if needed oh yeah easily and yeah, yeah they like, did I a want to be her when i grow up yeah i think we all do i think they did a wonderful <laughs> yeah. job you know kind of again using the the phrase you know uh making her th- uh three-dimensional because she's yeah. more than just you know a butt kicker she's more than just you know, a woman. Yeah. She's uh, she's so much, and proving that it doesn't have to be a hypersexualized woman. It doesn't have to be someone who, you know, is is either or. You know, somebody who because that's reality. That's that's the reality of it. So yeah, yeah. that's something that is is is. I think they did very well with Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I do I do draw a lot of the inspiration from her, from the character in in creating um, my female characters. Mm-hmm. Because that's who I aspire to be like the the personality, not you know, obviously the Larry of Truth and you know You know you know what though? I don't bl- I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to. <laughs> I, I really do want that. <laughs> I really do. But you know, and to fit into that corset, I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, but just her, her, um, and the fact that she could still remain innocent and naive. Yeah. Even after everything that she saw, she still retained a bit of that purity, pure, innocent naivism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, to me, is beautiful. That's oh, yeah. Beautiful. That <laughs> is the feminine woman yeah so wonderful i think that was all the questions i think we actually did it (laughs) technical difficulties and all (laughs) 
<laughs> Even though I'm surprised there weren't more on my end. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm choking on coffee. Well, good. I miss being over here on restriction. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we, you know, and I haven't gotten to listen to this week's yet, but listening to last oh. week's, you know, um, I don't know, like, it's, it's fun to hear you kind of, um, you know, it's, it's not an entirely different format, you know, like you were saying housekeeping without it, you're kind of like, where do I start? And, you know, it's a little confusing, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, 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 it's nice because I, I understand where you're coming from. And I think, I think everybody listening, you know, the more they've listened and the more they've heard, um, your perspective from Lupa's Bits, they, they understand what you needed to do as a podcaster, yeah. as a writer, as, you know, a woman, as, as just kind of like, I need, this is what I need. And right now more than ever, it's like, it's, it's so confusing because you need to be, uh, thoughtful for yourself while remaining selfless. So it's, it's tough. It's tough to kind of figure oh, yeah. out where that, that line is. So yeah. it's, it's all self-care at the end of the day. Oh yeah. And yeah. Like I needed to get those creative juices flowing again. And over on lupus bits, I have carte blanche on whatever I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I will warn you about this week's or last week's like Fridays. Um, it does have a trigger warning at the beginning. I do deal with a really, really heavy subject. Okay. Um, this gets extremely personal. <laughs> well, th- I mean, thank you for sharing, first of all, something that is that personal. Because um, it's hard. It's it's hard to yeah. be that vulnerable over a mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I needed I needed to get... I needed to be creative and as much as I loved doing the world of misfits, um, there's a format, mm-hmm. there's a, a style, even though you kind of free form it three out of the four shows in a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's still magazine based. It's still literary based. Yeah. And I loved doing it. Um, but I needed to step back and kind of, go over to lupus bits and do my thing over there for a yeah while. well as so, you know you guys, are I, I couldn't have left it like you guys are great well thank <laughs> I you i mean over to better hands we you know? try it's it was scary and daunting at first because you know <laughs> we're not trying to fill your shoes we're just trying oh, to make no. sure people don't you know start throwing tomatoes at us and you know bring lupa back and it's like <laughs> you can go follow you her too <laughs> It is your show now. <laughs> you guys make it the way you guys want to make it. And the listeners will be there because you guys are giving, like, I have actually, list, like, I list, I, I, it's bizarre because I never listened to it before <laughs> because I was the one doing it. So I yeah, know what I said. There was no need. <laughs> and, and now it's like every Monday I'm tuning in. Yay. I have a podcast to listen to. <laughs> well, hopefully it's and, just entertaining um, enough. Like last week's when I listened, or not last week's, this week's when I listened on Monday, it was it was really interesting listening to Joe talking about perspective mm-hmm. and um, how things can alter your perspective. Because I had just done the podcast on Friday about changing your perspective. So yeah. Oh it yeah. It was really neat listening to a different perspective on kind of a similar 
thought pattern. Well, where, where, uh, let me ask you this then. Where do you think thoughts come from? Um, honestly, mm -hmm. the subconscious mind, the creative part of us, um, and sometimes they are completely random. Just yeah. Your, your brain is constant. There, there's so much of our brain that we don't use that we don't have um, conscious ability to use. It's the whole thing is firing. The whole thing is working. Yeah. So how is it outside of the realm of possibility that those thoughts are coming from that part of the brain that we cannot access? Hmm. Kind of like a, a big filing cabinet. And yeah. The drawer in the, the drawer in the back kind of pops open and something falls out. <laughs> well, here, just run with this for a minute. <laughs> See what yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you are a student of the concept of energy, and everything has energy, everything creates energy, and energy cannot be destroyed, just transformed, mm -hmm. then what's to say energy doesn't contain? Um, an imprint of the memories or the thoughts of the sentient being that it was before that body died and the energy remained. And you're just kind of walking through it and that's where that random thought comes from. Yeah. Was your thought to begin with. I like that. I but like that idea. That's how, that's how I feel like there is like this space where we're actually able to tap into the, the, the thought patterns because they already all exist. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I don't believe that there, um, I believe that every thought has already been thought. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, yeah. Every, I, idea has, every idea has already been had. Yeah. Whether or not it has come to fruition is a different story. Yeah. But it's the same with music. Every note has already been played in every sequence. Mm-hmm. They just take sequences and rearrange them to make something sound a little different. Yeah. Same with books. <laughs> yeah. Same with, same with books. They have a basic storyline. Like, every genre follows the basic Formula, idea, yeah. The basic thought. And just, just the, the American language, too. There's only, or like yeah. somebody, somebody pointed it out. It's like, there's 26 letters in the alphabet, in the American alphabet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the North American alphabet. Uh, <laughs> and, we just add U's to words. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe was standing there like, hmm, you got him thinking about the energy. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, because he says a lot of that, too. And, um, you know, that's his he's always working on expanding his mind and he likes to read different perspectives. So and I'm talking about him like he's not even right here. But <laughs> oh, no, no. I will. I will. Joe, I will send you a couple of really good books. Well, it's, it's... I, I, I work with energy. I'm constantly working with the energy around. I um can't necessarily manipulate the energy but i can kind of i have to play with it i move it um reiki is a form of energy which i do um 
Yeah, I, I'm... What, is, what, is, what does that consist of? Reiki? Mm-hmm. You're pulling in the universal energies around you and channeling that through you into the person that you're working on. It's, um, Christians call it the laying on of hands. Um, Reiki has been around for hundreds of years. It's actually a Japanese practice, I believe, of using the natural energies around you and channeling it through your own personal energy and through your hands into whatever person you're working on. Um, say you're, somebody has a bad knee, their knee is sore. You would put your hands on them and you would channel that energy into healing that part, healing the knee, relieving the pain. Um, and the person can feel it. Like the hands heat up. It's, it's kind of an incredible experience. Hmm. Um, but you're using the natural energies around you that are already there. You're you're drawing, you're tapping into them, into the the universal energies. The like everything contains energy. Everything yeah. has energy. And when you start learning to feel that energy around you, um, cities. I can't be in cities for very long. It's just too much. <laughs> yeah, it's there's. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, like, um, our Toronto here is very much like Los Angeles, and I try, I try and get through it as quickly as possible. (laughs) You have to, for your own sanity, yeah. Yeah. No, I get that, I get that. An empath is just somebody who is sensitive to energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether it's emotional energy, physical energy, environmental energy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know this if you. An entirely different podcast now. It is okay. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it on this because uh, you know uh, when I went went to therapy a few years ago, uh, my therapist was like, "Here, take the Myers Briggs test." And I don't believe like the Myers Briggs is like a know all. This is it. This is a solidified answer. But I take it like once a year just to see where I stand, and I always wind up INFJ, and um, yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun because, yeah, you absorb that, uh, you know, it's 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 the, the empath tendencies where you just you absorb how people what they're putting out. And it, yeah, oh, you, you need to learn to sh- what I call grounding and shielding. Yeah. And I always um, I've taught people how to do it. And I always tell them envision jello. That's been sitting in the fridge for about a week. You know how it gets that thick crust on the top? Oh, yeah. Yummy. And you can push it and it kind of jiggles, but nothing gets through it. Yeah. Just picture yourself completely encased in that. I like that. It's kind of like, it's kind of when you're setting it up, it's kind of like meditation. Yeah. And the best place to test it to see if it's working is Walmart. Right before a holiday. (laughs) Because then you everybody know. in the Walmart is plumb crazy and panicking because <laughs> the store is going to be closed for one day. <laughs> and how dare they? How dare these people have lives? Like, you know, it's the apocalypse. Yeah. It's one day, people. <laughs> but that's the best place. Sit in your car, put your shields up, and walk through the Walmart. And if you can walk through the Walmart and remain calm and peaceful and not want to ram everybody with your cart, 
and leave the Walmart and still <laughs> feel calm and peaceful, then you know your shields are working. I will test that. But if you go in there and, and you want, you have cart page, yeah. it's not working. I keep trying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I do a whole lot of mumblings under my breath. Whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And hope they hear. <laughs> All right. Well, we have extended beyond an hour of this lovely conversation. And, uh, no, I'm actually surprised we're not longer. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, I mean, this is the hundredth episode. And so I know we really wanted to make sure something special happened and I couldn't, I, I, I know the minute we took over and, you know, we started doing the countdown. Oh, Okay, this is episode 94, 95. Yeah. And it's like, okay, no, this, it, it can't be us for episode 100. So. And I, I will admit, when I started, th- when I started thinking about it, I'm like, oh, well, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss the 100th episode. No, you're here. And yeah, I'm here. I think, I think, uh, I hope it was good for you. I hope it was as good for oh, you I as it was for us. <laughs> My face hurts from laughing and smiling. <laughs> well, good. Let's release some serotonin. <laughs> we <Yeah>. want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just for now, at least. No, I'm. I I couldn't have imagined a better way to do this episode. Um, you know, no, it was perfect. Especially because you know your going away gift to us all was. Um, your 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 countdown of your favorite your favorite bits and everything. So didn't want to repeat ourselves or anything. So thank you so 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 much for sitting here and talking with us and expanding and telling us about all of your your amazing ideas and how you go about doing things. Um, I, again, I just I hope you had fun with us. <laughs> oh, I had a blast! Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, of course, because it is entirely your show now. Like I, I am just a, a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, and, and trust me, I am a total fan. I listen every week. Oh, so. thank you. You, I mean, it's it, you are welcome back. Literally anytime, any you know, if we want to start <laughs> opening up the lines, you want to live call while we're on the air, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's 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 really cool for me because when this podcast started a hundred episodes ago, um, it was Mike and I, and Mm -hmm. I'd never podcasted before in my life. I'd never even listened to one. I didn't even know what one was. (laughs) And I kind of Mike and Dave had a conversation that I was not privy to, and I was voluntold that I was going to do this podcast. And then after 14 episodes, Mike left, and I was kind of left on my own. Yeah. And to see how far it's come, and it's made it to 100 episodes, and to, you know, have it back to two podcasters, where it originally started Mm -hmm. with two. It was meant to be a duo, and to see it back to that, and to see... What I, I created and to see how it's grown and, and kind of taken on a life of its own. Yeah. And have two brand new podcasters in the hot seat doing it every <laughs> week is, it's kind of like, you know, you watch your little kid grow up. And I was like, oh. and it's I was true. So proud and it's like, oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not trying to be facetious or 
seriously. No. It's, it's, it was, I mean, I was heartbroken at first because, you know. It's your baby. It's been such a part of my life for yeah. so long. And it was very hard to leave, but it was for a good reason. Oh, and yeah. Two of the best people took it over. Well, you, thank like you. I said, I, I, you guys are, are awesome. And I can only see it just growing from here. I hope, because, I mean, in everything we've done, it's been in your, you know, in, in your respect, and everything you jump-started, everything, you know, you, you, you have, have done for this podcast, and for, like I said, for the magazine as a whole, you know, I, I could not, to, to, for us to start this from scratch, I think we would have been confused and lost, and it would not... It would not. It just, it would not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put your stamp on it now. So now go out and make it yours. I Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you for uh, enjoying this 100th episode with us. Yeah. Um, would you like well, thank to... Thank you for inviting me. Would you like to send us out with your uh, uh, classic outro for this? All right. I will. Okay, everybody, that is it for the 100th episode of the World of Myth Bits. If you want to keep track of everything that Joe and Jenna are doing, you can catch us on Facebook at the World of Myth Bits podcast. Check out the magazine at the World of Myth magazine on Facebook. You can also go to the website at www.theworldofmyth.com. Don't forget to vote. And you can find us on Twitter and you guys are on Instagram too, right? Yeah. Yeah. We added that one just to spice it up and confuse you. (laughs) At the World of Myth Bits podcast, and you can find me, because I'm going to plug myself, on Twitter, and I'm on Loops' Bits, and you can find you guys where? Uh, On Instagram at the, what is it? (laughs) The World of Myth. (laughs) The World of Myth Bits. (laughs) I usually have my little my little note there. <laughs> Tune in next week for magazine review. Until then, see ya. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. The world of myth bitch. Uh, we forgot to ask her what was better, drive or place beyond the pines? <laughs>